Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If I asked you how green you were, what would your answer be? Obviously, you recycle. I mean, who doesn't? Perhaps you're buying items with less packaging, shopping locally to cut food miles, eating less meat, even switching to renewable energy. I'm looking for ways of reducing my environmental footprint in all areas and trying to make sure that that makes a difference. But it is really hard. But like this week's listener, 25-year-old Roz, you may be concerned about how much difference this is really making, especially things like paying to offset the carbon emissions from flights abroad. As we move towards this ethical consumer society, I think it is hard to differentiate between what is going to have an actual positive consequence and what is being used as a ploy to get us to buy more. Well, this week, we're going to show you how you could make a huge difference to the planet and your pocket by making greener choices with your finances. Welcome to Money Clinic, the weekly podcast from the Financial Times dedicated to tackling real-life financial issues. I'm Claire Barrett, the FT's Consumer Editor. The pandemic has made us all more aware of how we're managing our finances, and it's also got many of us thinking about bigger questions, such as what we can do about climate change. Making the green a choice comes naturally to our listener, Roz. In fact, for her, it's more of a way of life. It's always been something that I've been interested in. I like scuba diving and I like travelling as well, so I have witnessed the issues of plastic pollution, for example, and I think for me it's about how it all fits together. That's why she's studying environmental law at university and working part-time for a charity involved in this area. It made me think a lot about where I'm putting my money as a consumer and how I'm looking after my personal finances and what this means for my environmental footprint. Roz wants to consume more ethically, but deciding what will make a difference is really hard. It's how we are making sure that the money is actually going to the right place and who is benefiting from those environmentally minded markets and what is essentially PR, Mm. the idea of green marketing, to sell a product. And for me, it's very hard to differentiate between what is making a meaningful change and what is being used as a ploy for me to buy it. You could call it greenwashing. Ross worries that paying to offset carbon emissions from flights doesn't tackle the root of the problem. I'm quite sceptical of this. I want to know whether these airlines' emissions programmes are 
positive or whether I should be finding other ways to kind of offset. You know, a tree planting project could be contributing positively to carbon emissions, but it might be contributing negatively to biodiversity, for example. One of the ways she's considering is by switching her bank account. She's been with the same bank since, well, when she first opened her first account years ago. And I've kept it because it's easy. Mm. And as I learn more, I would quite like to switch to a more um, ethical and green option. Like many listeners, Roz is interested to know more about green investing and how someone with small sums could get started. I've always tried to be frugal, but I guess investing is something I haven't really done yet. I'm looking towards understanding how green technology and renewable energy is going to be the future. An area of the financial world that's taking longer to turn green are pension funds, where we save up money for our retirement. It hadn't occurred to Roz that she could make greener choices here too. Yes, I've got a very small pension (laughs) and I have a very tight budget, so Mm. that pension is quite a considerable amount of my take-home pay. Okay, so the thing is, you've started. This is the the crucial thing. So you've got this company pension. Roz, do you know what that money is being invested in? I don't, know. That's a really good point. I mean, you would think that the kind of organisation that you work for, they may have some greener pension choices, but all too often, in my experience, that isn't the case. Yeah, you almost don't see it as your money in a way because it's just going to somewhere you don't really get to see. Both of the podcast experts I've found to help Roz are passionate about making greener changes to our finances and helping people to understand the huge impact this can have. First up, my FT colleague, Alice Ross. She's the deputy news editor at the Financial Times and the author of a book on green finance called Investing to Save the Planet. Alice, when it comes to the choices that individuals can make, obviously there are lots of things that we can do as consumers to become greener, but could moving your finances perhaps be the greenest thing you ever do? Yes, I think people often neglect to think about where their money is going. I mean, this is partly because the financial industry isn't very clear about these things, Mm. because that money is also being used by the banks or the companies that you're giving it to. And it might be being used in oil and gas companies, fossil fuel companies, companies that just aren't very sustainable. And I think, you know, people I spoke to for my book were pretty horrified to find out that that was where their money was going. Switching to a more ethical bank is already on Rosset's radar. There are a handful of so-called green banks that won't lend to certain kinds of companies that they think are harmful, Mm. whose core activity contributes to global climate change. So it's looking for companies in the clean energy space or organic food and farming to lend to. However, green principles can come at a price. Green banks may not have the best savings rates and some charge customers monthly fees. What's more, the biggest high street banks say they are aiming to do better on climate change. As consumers show they care about these issues, there's evidence that the big banks are slowly improving. Even if you look at um, NatWest, it actually became the first bank in the UK in February last year to pledge to become Paris aligned. That's COP21, the UN climate change conference held in Paris back in 2015, where governments around the world agreed to keep global warming below two degrees Celsius. So even though it is funding a lot of fossil fuel companies at the moment, it has said that it's going to halve 
the climate impact of its finance activity by 2030. So it is going to be moving away from them. So you might think you feel comfortable sort of rewarding them for that pledge. So how else could your finances make a difference? Alice has been rubbing shoulders with the British screenwriter Richard Curtis. I actually spoke to Richard Curtis, who people may know mostly from his work as a film director. He directed Love Actually and Four Weddings and a Funeral. Mm. But he's now very much into pushing for change on climate. And he's introduced a new movement encouraging people to green their pensions. And it's called Pensions, actually. Only joking. The campaign is called Make My Money Matter. There's a link to it in the show notes. Here's Richard Curtis on how investing your pension with greener intentions can have a bigger impact than you might think. Changing where your money is invested is in fact 27 times more effective in reducing your carbon footprint, for instance, than going vegan, taking fewer flights and using less water all put together. Like Roz, if you have no idea where your company pension or 401k plan is being invested, what can you do? You should be able to find out from your company who they've selected to run their pensions and you should be able to get your hands on the fund fact sheet and then you can look at the top 10 companies that it invests in. And, you know, if if there are any surprises in there, if there are any horrendous, you know, coal companies or something that you're horrified by, you should be able to make some changes. And there should be an ESG option, an environmentally friendly, relatively environmentally friendly option for you to move your money to. Spelling it out... ESG funds focus on companies with a good track record in environmental, social and governance related issues. Total assets in sustainable funds hit 1.7 trillion US dollars in 2020, up 50% over the year. Plenty of investors around the world want to make greener choices, but one of the topics Alice debates in her book is what green investing really means. If a company is in an ESG fund, it might be in there because it scores really high on the social side or the governance side, but it might be, you know, in in an industry that's got absolutely nothing to do with the environment. So this can lead to some, you know, real surprises. BP, the oil and gas company, is in a lot of ESG funds, and that's very confusing to people. Why is it in there? Yeah, so BP is in there because it's got good governance. But another reason that BP is in these funds is that some ESG funds wouldn't necessarily cut out all the oil and gas companies. What they might do is reward the oil and gas companies that are doing better than their peers on promising to cut emissions. Investors who actively want to make greener choices will need to do their research. The financial industry isn't very clear about the labels it's using. But the industry is aware that it needs to get a lot better on this. So it is changing. So in the next year or two, things are going to be a lot easier, I think, to understand. I mean, the most important thing is to check the top 10 holdings. Ross was concerned as an ethical consumer which companies to trust, in particular those claiming to offset the carbon in polluting activities like flights. The problem is that there has been a lot of fraud with these kind of things because It's very hard to monitor whether the money is being spent in an environmentally friendly way. I don't think you would want to be just flying every month and then thinking, oh, it's fine because I've carbon offset it. I think carbon offsetting does help you to remember that there is an environmental price for what you're doing, but you can't just rely on that. You do need to change your behaviour as well. Thanks to Alice Ross, the FT's queen of green. Next, I turn to a high-profile figure working within the finance industry who not only backs green banking and investing, but consuming in a more ethical way too. 
Well, Ros very much sounds like my kind of human being and really thinking about the impact she has in the world. Bevis Watts is the UK chief executive of Triodos Bank, one of those greener banks that Alice mentioned. And he's a bit different, gaining a PhD in recycling and working as an environmentalist before later turning to banking. Where you choose to spend, save and invest your money is a real vote for the society in the future you want to live in and the impacts on the environment you want to have. It can be a hugely powerful form of democracy. It seems consumers quite like the bank's aim of only lending to organisations who can prove they're making a positive and sustainable impact. Offering a range of ethical investments to its customers, Triodos is currently the sixth most switched to UK bank overall. Not bad when you consider it has a £3 monthly charge. Banks are not keeping the money in a safe overnight. Banks are lending the larger proportion of the money that you put with them out to projects of all kinds. And some banks set minimum standards to exclude things like arms and fossil fuels, but the majority don't set very rigorous minimum standards. Triodos is a relative minnow of the banking world, but its larger rivals are closely watching how consumers are embracing green banking and green investing. We are about looking to lend money to organisations that can demonstrate they do have positive impact on the environment, social issues or cultural aspects as well. But ultimately, the climate change and carbon issue is just one side of another problem, which is biodiversity loss. But moreover, it's often a lot more complicated. So even in sectors like renewable energy, which we do a lot of, we're also then concerned about who's really benefiting from the project that we're financing. So we've declined in the past to finance wind turbines on intensive poultry and meat producing farms and so on. Now, obviously, the way that you run your bank is very transparent. But a big problem for Roz and other consumers who want to make more ethical choices is how they can check how green or otherwise their financial providers might be. I think for the next few years, you will see a lot of greenwashing, as it's called, and Mm. that will change. But for the minute, perhaps the best source people can go to is something called Ethical Consumer Magazine. Mm. uh, And they rate the sort of top 36 UK banks by sustainability. You can also look at a website called Good With Money. And you can also look out to see if an institution has something called a B Corp rating, which is a holistic measure of the environmental and social footprint of an organisation. Check out the show notes for this episode for links to all of those and more. And if you're interested in finding out how green the financial institutions you're already using really are, Bevis offers some guidance. The things to really look out for and ask are, do they publish the criteria of what they then do with that money or the policy as to how they'll use that money? Do they publish the loans and investments they make through that product? If those things aren't happening, you can be pretty sure that it's maybe more of a gimmick. Bevis and Triodos are advocates of greater investor activism, using your stake in a company to actively push for change. Unfortunately, about 70% of investment funds are passively managed, which means really they just review the reports that are produced by the company. What active managers do and what we do is is you actually turn up to the AGMs of these companies and you Mm -hmm. vote for environmental resolutions. And it's that kind of active management and scrutiny of corporates that investment funds can really have the greatest impact through. Well, indeed. But as we often point out on Money Clinic, there's a downside. Actively managed funds often have higher management fees. 
You might think this is a worthwhile investment or you might not. It's what you really want to align your values with. And I would argue that actually in terms of the true cost and the true impacts of funds that are passively managed, you're paying a much higher price in the longer term. Harking back to what Alice had to say about what constitutes a green investment, the credentials of some of the companies and funds run by Triodos seemed questionable, like Danone, the maker of Evian, plastic bottled water. Could you explain how a company producing that much plastic could count as being a sustainable choice? Absolutely. I mean, I, like Ros, avoid buying plastic wherever I can. Now, that doesn't mean you should change that behaviour, but in addition to doing that, you can have a huge influence in trying to change those supply chains through investing in companies that have made a commitment to move away from their historic practices and become much more sustainable. We try to identify best-in-class. Companies will drop in and out of the universe we invest in all the time as we discover things about them and so on. The lesson is clear. As with any investment, do your research before parting with any cash. Bevis also has some tips on how to dig into the pension sector, which is proving more resistant to the green revolution sweeping through the financial world. For people interested in the pension sector, I would encourage them to look at the Make My Money Matter campaign website, because there Mm. you see some of the more progressive pension fund managers. And for Bevis, it goes beyond research to campaigning to influence who provides the pensions. You can absolutely advocate to change the provider, but even if that doesn't prove possible, because that can be quite expensive, you can try and influence your existing provider As an ethical consumer, I wanted to ask Bevis what he really thought of seen-to-be-green initiatives like carbon offsetting on flights. And he didn't disappoint. The first thing all organisations need to be doing is minimising their carbon impact. And carbon offsetting really should just be the last thing you do to deal with residual carbon that you can't get rid of. But if we all carry on with the notion that we can just offset every activity by planting a tree or something, that's not going to change the problems that we have. Finally, I asked both of our experts to tell me how much difference consumers like you and me can really make on our own. Bankers and investors and regulators and governments are all talking about moving to net zero and investing more sustainably. So they're definitely moving that way. But, you know, one big reason that they're moving that way is because of consumers are saying what it is that they want. It's similar to consumer boycott movements where boycotts themselves of a particular product might not really harm the company's bottom line that much but the noise around and the publicity does. So we all do have a voice. So if we say this is what we want, we want better information about sustainable investing, then that's what they're going to provide. Bevis says, as well as telling providers what we do and don't want, we should also tell our friends. We need to have a shift from consumerism to considerism. And considerism isn't a word you'll find in a dictionary. We need to be just much more consciously aware of all the impacts we have through our daily purchasing decisions. And Ros, to me, sounds like a fantastic person that's genuinely thinking in that way. But we also need to not make it hard for other people. I think we can all do a lot more to share the companies that we come across that are doing really nice, innovative things that offer us a genuine, high-quality alternative to perhaps the more unsustainable options we've been used to. Making greener choices with our finances requires some effort, but having demonstrated the impact this could have, I wanted to hear what Ros made of the expert's advice. 
I guess it's made me realise that as a consumer, I have a lot of power in my decisions. I think also the practical tools for checking sustainability credentials of different companies I'll definitely take on and will use in my day to day. Weren't you surprised that making changes to your finances could have such a big impact? Yeah, I was definitely surprised. And particularly with the pension, the kind of 27 times difference it can make is huge. And I think it's definitely something that I hadn't thought about before and something that I will definitely take to my employer. What changes do you think you will make as a result of listening to what today's experts had to say? I think I'll definitely look into kind of potentially changing my bank account. I also think generally, instead of feeling overwhelmed by these things, I might think of it more as an opportunity. Mm. In any form of consumption that I do, I tend to feel quite guilty. And I think that now it's made me realise that we are all collectively feeling these things. And so as consumers, we can kind of work together to feel more empowered about our choices. Now, the thought of becoming an ethical investor, did that make you sort of keen to learn more or sort of running away with your hands over your ears going, ah, there's so much to take on board? I guess it made me feel somewhat comforted that even the experts struggle with the issue of transparency and can't always decipher what's good and what's bad. Mm. And finally, Ros, having listened to the experts, what would you say to your perhaps less ethical friends? I think I would say there are lots of easy things that you can do, even just by checking the top 10 of these sustainable companies. You could maybe think, oh, I could switch my custom to this company instead. I think definitely a lot of my friends like me will have not really been thinking about their pension um, (laughs) at my age, maybe. Mm. So I think that's something that a lot of people will take on board and think, oh, wow, yeah, I can make a difference there. That's it for Money Clinic with me, Claire Barrett, this week, and we hope you like what you've heard. If you do, spread the word and leave us a review. If you would like to chat with me on a future episode of the show and get some expert thoughts on a money issue that's bugging you, then email me. Our address is money at ft.com. You could also take a peek at our website, ft.com slash money, grab a copy of the FT Weekend newspaper, or follow me on Instagram at Claire B. Money Clinic was produced in London by Josh de la Mare and Persis Love. Our sound engineer is Breen Turner and our editor is Liam Nolan. And the original music is by Metaphor Music. And finally, just so you know, the Money Clinic podcast is a general discussion around financial topics and does not constitute an investment recommendation or individual financial advice. For that, you'll need to find an independent financial advisor. That's the small print over and done with. See you back here next week. Goodbye. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.